Um, yeah, yeah. It's just we're uh, we got to get better. Like it's you know it's um, and the thing is, as you go through the season, it gets harder to get better. I think it, you know the, you. I think we've talked about this together before. This this idea of diminishing returns, which is really true, right? It's the law of diminishing returns, and you know um, the, the 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 farther along the path you get, the more you improve, the harder you have to actually go way harder to to improve a little bit. And so that's what we're trying to do right now. Um, we'll see tomorrow. You know, I mean, we're going to know more about that tomorrow. Um, practice is just, I'm going to sound like, uh, practice is, um, you know, uh, I, I like the way we're practicing, but it doesn't really mean anything. I think everybody practices hard after a loss. It, it, it matters how well we can translate that into into the game. And, and, and we took a little bit of a step backwards against San Francisco in terms of the way we approach the game on, on both ends of the floor, especially the, the defensive end of the floor. And so the trick is, can we can we now make a jump and, and not just get back to where we were, but can we be a little bit better than we were before that? And and that's our challenge. That's what we got to try and figure out if we can do. What kind of effect does a full Marriott Center or could a full Marriott Center have on any of the upcoming games? Well, I think it's an advantage. I, I think it's really an advantage. Uh, um, it's... Uh, it's it's one of the things that makes this place special, and um, and uh, you know if if if, if it, our guys feel it and it can be imposing, you know it, it can get uh, other teams excited. But I think in the end, it's really imposing. And um, and it, the best thing about it is I think you know all of us feel like we are in this together, right? And the fuller the gym is the more people that are in it with us all together and, and the more our guys feel that and it has a real impact. So that's a big deal. It's a huge advantage we have and we gotta we gotta, you know, make use of it. I know your analytics guy moved on in September. Have you been able to replace him and also how has that kind of affected your desire to have a lot of use a lot of um, well, we, we crunch numbers uh, to the point where it kind of gives you a headache, right? Uh, uh, and then you, 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 you kind of start going down a rabbit hole where um, you have all these numbers and then you're just you, you're wondering what to do about it. And you spend a lot of time really nervous about unintended consequences of chasing a particular number, right? That's where it gets complicated. Um, but it's really important to us. I think it's a key to player development. I think it's a key to helping your team believe. Um, you know, uh, you know. I think um, in a, in a way, uh, you know, um, when I was playing, um, it was just an environment where coaches could uh, make guys believe just by sheer force of will. Right? You had no choice because he was going to just destroy you. And now I think we need other tools, and I think this is a real tool. Um, to help guys really believe in their hearts about how to get where you're trying to go, so we're we we uh, it's it's a it's a field that we um, spend a lot of time in, and probably, I don't know if it's too much, but but uh, we do we do border on a rabbit hole a lot, and that's probably where we should live, right? So. Without giving away a game plan. Can you just give me one example of where you use analytics? Um, well, we've talked a lot about assist opportunities. It's really important. Uh, you know, re recently in the last four games, we've been tracking uh, dribbles per possession as a team, and also dribbles per uh, possession as individuals, relative to their points per possession, and gotten back some really interesting numbers in terms of the flow of our offense. Um, 
you know, uh, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about where we're trying to mess with the analytics is seeing how we can manage transition against really, really explosive guards. I mean, everybody knows that's been a little bit of an issue for us against Gonzaga, against San Francisco. And, um, uh, and so um, we've tried a couple of approaches. And so um, the, I don't know if the sample size is really is big enough to trust yet. Um, but, you know, when you look at the numbers of kind of our first half versus our second half and verse one, we're uh, get, taking everybody out of the glass to get five guys back versus, um, versus you know, sending two guys to the glass versus sending one guy to the glass first. You know, this week in practice, we, we actually on the race started sending someone to the ball, right? So, um, you know, I don't, I'm a little bit, I mean, we're fighting over the numbers right now because I'm not sure they're giving us exactly a clear picture, but we know that it's something we have to address. And so, you know, hopefully with, with uh, through wins, we can get some more data and it's going to give us a much clearer picture of how we can approach um, teams where that's an issue in the future, right? So that's just, I mean, we could talk about this for, until all you guys went into a coma, right? But. Mark, I know you haven't played everybody yet, but is the West Coast Conference top to bottom even better than you expected it might be? Uh, I don't know if it's better than I expected. I know it's a great league. It's a, it's a really good league. I mean, you think about it, I think two weeks ago, two weeks ago already we had five teams or four teams with 15 wins. I don't know, I don't know how many leagues have that, right? And um, and uh, it's, it's, it's always been a good league, but, you know, and, and you think about it, it's been a good league. Uh, people have thought about it as a really good league the last four weeks when we kind of felt like Pepperdine had slid a little bit out of the picture. Now they've fixed that in terms of league play. They're right in the mix and they were supposed to be a top three, top four team. And So then you throw them back in the mix and you think about it, I mean, all the teams in the league are good, but on any given night, Pepperdine can beat any. I mean, they should have beat Arizona at Arizona. Arizona's what, 10 now or 12? They, they, they should have beat them. And, um, and you know, yeah, and they played. They played so many teams tough in the non-conference. They just seemed like they could, just couldn't quite get over the hump. And um, and Santa Clara is really clearly really good, and San Francisco is really good, and Pacific is you know Pacific's already won big games, and they've won a lot of games. And you know those are names that you know especially throwing Pacific in the mix, maybe a team we haven't included in that upper echelon is just getting crowded, right? And um, that's what you want. I mean, it makes for a great league and. I do. I, I anticipate this league is going to continue to get better, and it's got it's really um, it's got this beautiful, unique niche that I think five years ago people might have looked at as a negative. Where now people are, I think, are starting to say, you know what? There is actually something going on in this league that's a, that's problematic. That's really good. So I don't know if it's better than I expected, but it's a good league. If I said it was better than I expected, then I'd have to admit I was wrong, and I never admit that I was wrong. Go ahead. You mentioned earlier in the season that every game is the biggest game of the year for you guys. Um, what about tomorrow's match specifically makes this the biggest game of the year so far for you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. One is to stay in the mix in this conference, right? It's really important for us. Two is, you know, clearly our, our you know, our, our long-term goal of chasing as many opportunities as we can to, to have a chance to be in this tournament at the end of the year. And Three is, you know, protecting our home court is really important. It's incredibly important. When you play in a competitive league, your home court becomes incredibly important. Fours is a dangerous team, right? We're, we're playing against a really explosive, isolation-oriented team uh, coming off a loss against a team where they surprisingly just spent a lot of time in isolation in the second half, and we didn't manage it very well. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this is really important. Staying on the lines of Pepperdine, 
Yeah. It's your first time facing them. What are one or two things about those guys that stands out to you and kind of gets all that down? Well, first of all, Coach is incredible, right? I mean, what he's done in his career is in his tenure is unbelievable. And uh, I got uh, uh, so much respect for him. And he's a grinder, too, right? In the summer, uh, he, he works so hard. And uh, he's a, he's a big-time, big-time coach. And what he's accomplishing there in a short period is really extraordinary. Um, and then they have... They have really special talent, uh, one through five, um, starting, and it's it's a really interesting mix because, they, you know, maybe the best point guard in the league, I don't know, uh, but but certainly statistically averaging twenty and seven point five is crazy, right? And I think at a thirty-seven percent usage rate, so you think about that, for a point guard to be at like a thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine percent usage rate, that's incredible. Right, you think about he's scoring twenty and seven point five assists right there. He's counting for almost forty points, right? And um, and that's just directly. That's not hockey assists. That's not that's, you know it's not earning guys free throws. It's, it's nothing else. So he accounts for a lot. He's clearly a huge problem, and he's clever on the defensive end, right? He's a charge guy. He's he's really functional that way. Their starting two is a freakish athlete who is probably their best defender on the team, and and knows his role and really takes seriously a young player who's going to become a really good player. Uh, 33, their starting three-man is, is, you know, shot 12 threes last game. Like, he's incredibly dangerous from the three-point line. As a JUCO player last year, he was, I think he was the California uh, Player of the Year in, in JUCO and scored a billion points, and he really believes he shoot And he's tough. He's a tough matchup, too, because he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy, but he's a catch-and-shoot guy with a quick release that really raises up off the floor and is, has length to get shots over you. So you can think you're there and you're not there. He's also pretty good off the ball. You know, Lorenzo's running some cute stuff for him where he punishes you for being in a lock and trail with a couple, you know, a couple flares where he's rolling all the way around getting a layup. And he's dangerous. And then these brothers, uh, the four and five, is probably the best shooting four and five tandem in our league. They're both at 40% plus in league from the three-point line. Uh, they're shooting a lot. Um, and so, it, you know, that causes problems for you, especially at the five when when you have a five that really, really shoots it. And, and you know, almost more than that, he's enjoying shot faking and a really hard drive. He's an explosive driver at only 6'6". Six, six. So, the, you know, that, that lineup causes a lot of problems, uh, a, lot of, a lot of really concerning things. Um, it's hard when you can... You know, it's hard. It's it's a tough matchup when when you have such a dominating presence to the point that kind of make every play is a three level score. Is an unbelievable passer. Is really really physical, and and he's got a complimentary cast around in this veteran group of guys that can really make plays and score. Anything else, coach? It seems like this week like everybody's got kind of a Kobe story. Some yeah. People went into the league around the same time as Kobe Bryant. Did you ever have any sort of interactions? Yeah, I mean, we were in the same draft class, and. Um, you know, he was he was a little bit closer towards the beginning of the draft class than I was. Uh, um, yeah, just a couple. And um, he, he, you know, um, I think that the one thing the, I'll tell you the the best tribute to this Kobe Bryant right now, I think, is um, it's it's fun to hear all these stories that nobody ever heard, right? Um, where he went out of his way to extend himself to people, and. Um, and, you know, we all watched in, in awe of the, the things that he did on the court. It was really amazing. I mean, you know, we're playing at Staples Center with the, with the Milwaukee Bucks on a really good team. And, you know, we're, we're, we're winning the game. And this cat makes three straight threes, three straight positions, possessions to put him back in the lead. And, and, and every shot got harder and harder. And it was like, it was the, the, the last one I'll never forget because I was sitting right there on the bench watching it. 
And, uh, I mean, he's in a trap and he pivots twice and shoots a fadeaway where it basically lands in, in our laps uh, and, and, and to, to bang his third one. And so the things that he did on the court are extraordinary. But what's really, really, I think, a tribute to him um, and, and clearly, uh, you know, there's nobody that would understand not living a perfect life better than us here at BYU. We understand that, right? But, but, but it's really, it's, it makes it makes you, it's heartwarming to 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 just kind of hear all these stories where he quietly reached out to different people in different genres of life and and uh, and and tried to make uh, an impact and make their lives a little bit different. That is. Um, um, that slice of legacy is is hopefully going to continue to be bigger than his basketball legacy, and if that's the truth, then then uh, then that's a pretty pretty you know there's some pretty great things in that life. Mark, you, play, you played at Rupp Arena in college. It's a pretty special place. What were some of the maybe tougher places you played in on the road, and how can the Marriott Center kind of turn into maybe one of those kind of places? Um, well. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we had a chance to play in a lot of tough arenas. Um, I think that uh, our student section is uh, is really special. When the student section is right and behind that basket, um, I, I don't know that there's uh, – when our student section is at its best, I'm not sure there's an equivalent out there. Um, it's really special. Um, and – uh, I think the I think the volume of the gym when when you make a run is something that you recognize in gyms. There are certain places that that people lose their minds when things start going well, and and uh, and that can that actually has a huge impact on the game, a really big impact on the game. You've been in, I've been in some special gyms that where the fans are incredibly salty. I'm not sure that that necessarily is the way we roll here at BYU, but uh, that can make gyms really really special. I actually think about you know going back to. You know, I was played with the Knicks, but going back there when I was with the Pacers, um, and and the, you know, it was when the Knicks were really good, and um, and and how great Madison Square Garden was. Uh, um, I mean, talk about a hostile crew. Um, you know, I always think about Philadelphia. You know, that was the gym that was probably the hardest on their home team. You know, you go to Philly, and uh, except for the Allen Iverson years, where they, there was a, such a love affair with him, and. Uh, you know, you you didn't need to get on the other team because their home fans were just killing them. It's pretty brutal. So, uh, I think the Marriott Center one is is this building uh, continuing to be be growing in terms of capacity. It makes it really special. Um, I think we're probably two in the West still right now. Is that right? And um, that's an unbelievable. Uh, it has a huge impact just having energy in the gym. Um, and hopefully, we'll get to a point as a team where we're earning uh, a, a, a packed house and where. Uh, fans want to come in here and, and and recognize the impact they have on the game, and then I think the Marriott Center becomes one of a, a handful, two, three, four gyms in America that that can actually pull the weight that it does. I think it's an incredible place. Okay. Thanks, guys. Let's go.